Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Another edition of the Rough Cut Sports Cast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, alongside my two bestest friends in the whole wide world, your boy AJ Johnson, and the man below us, Dylan, smoothest voice in sports casting, JB Kearns. <laughs> What's up, guys? How are you on this beautiful? You you good? You okay? So 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 we can't even come up with one nickname for Aaron, but Dylan over here has like seven I've long names. This. I've said this so many times. I've said this so many times. We've thought of two nicknames for Dylan, and just have yet to think of a single. One. Yeah. I, I Dylan Dylan called Aaron Papa last night. So I mean, that's not because he threw it up there randomly. That yeah. was the no, first you thing he threw. Yeah, you yeah, threw it, like, but we, we sort of just played off of it. Did you feel comfortable calling Aaron Papa last night when you did? <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Okay, we'll work on it. It is a beautiful Friday, March 19th day. We are all celebrating Women's History Month. It has been a, it has been a ride so far this month just celebrating women's history it's, it's great today we dropped a fantastic interview with our boy aaron mukes interviewing danny hunt of the sports brat and it was a fantastic interview we'll dive into that in just a little bit i need to know something from you guys at least for me you aj because i have to i do it every oh, okay. day how are you on this beautiful march 19th day look at you with the date and it, oh, i'm proud of you you're just getting you. up there it's man you you're getting better and better. I try. I try. You know, I try. It's good. You know, we, we, we've been putting in a lot of work in the last 24 hours here, and uh, it's been a good stressful. But, you know, I, I've, I've gotten some release watching some of this March Madness tournament. My bracket is busted, of course. And if you didn't – if you picked Ohio State to lose, I hate you. I don't know what you're thinking. That's not <laughs> how you're supposed to do this. Um, but there, it's been some good moments watching those games and getting some of this work done today. Uh I'm caught up. You know, we've been stressed and swamped, but I feel caught up. You know, I, I, I'm not looking ahead on the weekend like how am I going to do it for once in the last month. So it's good. It's nice. It is a beautiful Friday. So to to address that Ohio State thing that happened earlier, they lost to Oral Roberts in the first round of March Madness, for those who don't know. And this little stat here came from Bleacher Report. Zero. 0.42% of brackets are still perfect. Yep. Less than Sounds 1% right. of brackets are still perfect right now because of this Ohio State upset. Like that is, that's absurd. And it's funny because Bailey messaged me earlier today and he's, he was like upset about the, uh, he was a little angry and, and rattled about the whole like uh, bracket being busted kind of thing. And I was like, Dude, there is no one out there that picked Oral Roberts to beat Ohio State. Like no one at all. And then to find out that less than 1% of the entire like – everyone who filled out that, – that's just insane, man. It's and, insane. And then Dylan, think about this. The people who decided 
the people who decided to pick Oral Roberts over Ohio State, just think about what the rest of their bracket looks like. So I'm not worried. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> perfect yeah, bracket. I can't. I can't imagine anyone ever having a perfect bracket. But I digress. It, it, it was. It's great to see my bracket so far. Other than that, has looked good. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but guys, I I have a question to ask. Okay, and we'll get we're going to dive into the interview that Aaron had on Sports Uncovered uh, later on. We'll also get into our March Madness bracket challenge, which we posted about earlier today. But I have a question. Yesterday, we talked about free agency and we talked about uh, the player signings and, and things like that. But I need to know from you guys some fantasy, uh, just some fantasy advice, some fantasy talk here uh, regarding two teams in the NFL that have made a lot of moves, I would say. That's the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans. It was reported earlier today that Philip Lindsay is now signing with Houston. That makes it Philip Lindsay, David Johnson, and Mark Ingram as their three running backs. In New England, you have Hunter Henry, John U. Smith as your two tight ends. And then that's not even talking about their running back position, which is like Sony Michelle. They don't have James White anymore. I'm not sure if they have Rex Burkhead, but either way, they have John U. Smith and they have Hunter Henry. In Houston, they have Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and David Johnson. Which team has a messier fantasy football situation in the which team has a messier fantasy football situation, AJ? Uh, for me, it's absolutely Houston. I mean, with with all these running backs in there, you don't know who you're going to deal with from David Johnson. You pick up Mark Ingram, and anyone who watched football in fantasy world last year would say Mark Ingram is washed. Then you bring in Philip Lindsay, and you know he fought with uh, Melvin Gordon last year. You could argue he was a better running back. But when you go over to the Patriots, you talk about two tight ends. That's what they love to do. So for them, that's that's a joy. They go from no tight ends with you know Ryan Izzo and Dalton Keene to two potentially good, really good tight ends and John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. So and then also Houston's just a dumpster fire and <laughs> with all the Deshaun Watson stuff going on right now, I wouldn't touch that Houston backfield with a ten foot pole. So yeah, definitely <laughs> Dylan, what about, definitely. Dylan, what about you? Yeah, I side with AJ here. The Houston Texans are just a mess right now. Their backfield doesn't make a lot of sense. The big names there, but the offensive line there isn't good. But going back to AJ's point about two tight ends in New England, I, as a fantasy owner, I think two tight ends work more than you do with the running back position. Because if you draft one of these Texans running back, you'll never feel comfortable starting them on a weekly basis or even in a pinch. You're like, I got to start one. You have no idea. But at, with the with the Patriots tight end spot, you know, okay, maybe one can slip in the end zone. You saw that with they had the Aaron Hernandez Gronk, but also you saw a good year out of Scott Chandler a few years back. So you see random tight ends pop up in that system, and I think it could work. But that's I feel like that's the same thing, though, with, with Houston. One of those running backs is going to get the touches. One of them is going to no. get the goal line carries. That someone has to. Say, yeah, and that's the thing. Someone. And we don't know. You think, no offense to, my, to the new head coach, you think David Colley really is going to know? I mean, we've seen this. They've tried their little triple backfield with the Duke Johnson and the David Johnson. And uh, I, who was it? I don't even remember who the third guy was. Uh, Lamar Miller. Uh, they've, oh, Lamar. they've tried to rotate Lamar, Lamar. these community, and it never works the way they expect. It, one guy's not good enough. Another guy gets hurt. The other guy can't produce. I No, I can't do it. I can't do Just it. Especially, no. especially – if Deshaun Watson isn't playing next season, 
Why like, did you I, just act like that was a seat? You you literally just went like, especially if, if John Watson doesn't play next season. There was like, no you whisper. Did, you didn't whisper it, but like you looked around, like you looked around, like someone was listening to you, and you did not want to talk about Deshaun Watson. Oh, you don't know I do this in front of a live audience. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Where's the applause? I want to hear the applause. That's that's what I want to hear. Or is I didn't it... say they liked me. I just said I they were alive. Like I, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. I think I, I, I think I can hear the audience. Boo this man! Boo this man! Oh, okay, I get it. Okay, got it. I got it. I get it. I get it. I'm sure they. I'm sure they're a great audience. But that is just my quick question of the day. I really needed to know which team had the messier. Uh, set up on offense there. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be a great fantasy season. We're going to have so much fantasy football coverage next season. It's going to be fantastic. But today, yeah. guys, today is all about the ladies. It's all about the women. All of the great women that have paved the way in sports. I mean, we're talking Serena Williams. We're talking Pat Summit. Uh, Dylan, you brought up Kendall Coyne earlier in our group chat. She's front and center in that picture that you can see there. Uh, it's it, it is it is the time to celebrate all the women, and we are going to be diving in to a bracket challenge that we have all created. We have selected four women each. Okay, we've selected four women each, and we are going to break that down after. We pay the bills. And I just want to remind everyone who's watching right now, okay? We are on the push for 1,000 follows on Facebook, okay? The push is on. At the end of March Madness, if we have 1,000 follows, we will be giving away a special signed prize. What did you? AJ's your face is just your faces are just too much. Don't worry about my face, worry about the people's ears. We will be giving away a special signed prize to one lucky fan if we hit 1,000 likes and follows by the end of March Madness. And you know how you can do that? Do you know, Dylan? Do you know how you can do that? Uh, you have to enter. <laughs> AJ, can you answer? Can you give me the right answer to this? You have to invite your friends to like the show go to the page slide over the tabs find that community tab and it's going to list all your wonderful friends there and you go hey guys these guys at the rough cut are fantastic i watch their show on wednesdays thursdays and fridays at 8 p.m they make me laugh i learn something and you know i can make fun of them too and talk with them so I think you should like this page and just invite every single one of them just do it why not worst case scenario they don't click the button and those are terrible friends. And if and if they don't do that, then like I said, they're terrible friends. That's the you should thing. probably delete them and be like, "We're not friends anymore. You don't like me." <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. But let's get into this. It's Women's History Month, man. I've been so excited for this show. Very. Uh, I've been buzzing about it, man. I've been really excited to talk about my selections because they're the best. But also <laughs> excited. Because we had a great interview drop at noon today. If you haven't checked it out, head on over to our YouTube page at the Rough Cut Sportscast on YouTube and check it out. Our guy Aaron Mukes with Sports Uncovered interviewed Danny Hunt with the Sports Brat, and it was to me. I, I, I was I was producing. I was behind the scenes. I was watching it. I was watching it as a fan, and I was like, man. Everyone's going to love this interview when, when it drops on, on Saturday. And that's not – or fr today, sorry. Everyone's going to mm -hmm. love it when the interview drops on Friday. Uh, but it was, a, it was a great interview. And one of the things I, – I don't know why, 
I was just a, I was a really big fan of the uh, the food talk that they had yeah. going on, and I was buzzing about this one. Okay, and and, and uh, here's a here's a little taste. Um, I, I know you like to go to different stadiums. Yes. Uh, what are some of the best food items that you've that you've experienced at stadiums? Like I know everybody, every stadium has their little little yeah. niche, you know, market yep. or whatever. What are some of the mm-hmm. best things that you've experienced um, at at certain stadiums? So one that actually always comes to mind is the original Globe Life Field in Arlington had these helmet nachos that were made with Doritos. And it's like all the toppings on it, but with Doritos, that's one of my favorite (laughs) things. And I'm actually going to the new Ranger Stadium. So I'm like, I hope they brought those over because those are necessary. And they also have this massive hot dog that is, I think a yard. So yeah, it's huge. I think it's called a boomstick. So that's one of my favorites too. Um, Arlington has some good stuff, but I've also had the Buffalo Mac and cheese. Is that where, did I have it in Boston? I want to say I had that in Boston. That was really good. Um, I, when she, when she said the Mac and cheese, I popped so hard for it. Okay. I was like, mac and cheese. Yo, mac and cheese. Your boy's gotta get that, man. I, I'm I'm a big guy for mac and cheese, man. But it was, I mean, this is this was have you guys have you guys checked out the video yet? Have you guys checked out the interview? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have. You know, she goes on to explain the boomstick and all the toppings that comes on it. And uh I, I was like, yo, that sounds amazing. And I agree that Dylan thought so too, because he had to go and find a picture of it because he had to know what it was like. I think I think Arlington's probably on Dylan's first stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was blown away. She said you couldn't sit down in the seats with it because you'd hit someone. It's that big. So it's like <laughs> well, coming through with a hot dog, like, what are you doing here? Coming so you gotta eat it up. Yeah, coming through. Watch out! Hold it over your head. You're just hitting people I mean, in the face. You're just hitting people in the face with your hot dog. It's just how it is. Just, <laughs> sorry, it's just, really sorry here. I'm just hitting. Yeah, it's just. But the the thing that I love the most about, other than the food part of this interview, was, and this is the reason why we brought her on, and we're trying to get other female guests to come on the show this month because. So many women have impacted the sports world in so many different ways. Whether you're at the top, like some of the names you'll see later on, or whether you're like grinding on the social media game, these women are changing the game. And I just, it's, it's really special to see. What do you say to those people out there who may frown upon the fact that women are talking about sports and um, you know, you hear the things about the lack of knowledge or things like that. Mm -hmm. When I've all experienced women, are very capable and have the exact same resources and ability to do the things men do. What do you say to those people um, that may not agree with women being in sports? Would you tell your, your future daughter that like, like we're all talking about like girl dad and um, my daughter can do anything too. Would you tell your daughter that she cannot work in sports or she cannot talk about sports because she's never going to get it. Like, I I think it's one of those things that I hate to use that example, but would you say that to your own child or would you, I mean, I'm an only child and I was a girl. I am a girl. (laughs) So it's like when I, my dad would watch sports, my dad would be like, come, come watch this golf match with me. Anyone that knows me knows I hate golf. He forced me to go (laughs) to a golf camp because he wanted me to love it. 
right? But how many women were playing golf competitively 20, 25 years ago? And how, how popular was that? So it's like, you, women can do, we know this, and sometimes we do it better. That's all I have to say about that. I, I, I like I said, I, you hear the stories about like the women, women growing up in, in a, in a sports world, a sports environment and how they go through. I mean, when you were a kid and I'll, I'll, I'll even ask this, you're, you're the younger generation, Dylan, when you were a kid, what was your view on like women in sport? Like cause me as a kid, when I looked at women in sport, I didn't think it was a thing. There wasn't enough, like at our age, there wasn't enough people out there telling us that it was okay for women to be, I played with great, with, with fantastic uh, girls that played hockey with me. They were, they were amazing, but I never like, pictured it in my head like at a at a higher level is was this the same thing for you dylan when you were growing up you were you grew up in a different era so i i have to ask this i think it's because it's changed a little bit like i've seen them on tv now when i'm growing up and stuff and it's, it's the coolest thing ever like i think more people should try doing this because it's just it, it's so cool to see that uh What's the, what's the word for it? The versatility among many other people getting opportunities. And it's it's really cool because some of them are really good at their job and they could, like she said, do it better than some of the other people that are guys that can do it. So I think it's the okay. greatest thing ever. And it's super cool that uh, females are starting to get get a bigger, bigger and more opportunities coming their way because I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, and I guess I, guess I can yeah. flip the question to you, AJ. It's, it's the same thing. You... you you grew up in a later uh, time than, than both of us. So you saw, you probably saw a side of women's sports that was more, Hey, you can't do that than we did growing up. So it, it was a little different for you, right? Oh, it absolutely was. I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't see women on, on TV and sports or very, very little. Like, you know, I grew up watching, you know, we'll talk a little bit about some of these ladies later, uh, Mia Hamm and Lisa Leslie. Those are kind of the first two in Cheryl Swoops, the first two or three that I could really remember. And that was probably when I started hitting my double digit ages, 10, 11 and 12. Before that, they it was non-existent. And as time kind of kept going on, you can see the growth in the sport for women and the thing that gets me is they play with the same amount of passion and they have the skill set of most a lot of the a lot of these like basketball players and soccer players i mean our women's team is better than our men's team like for the soccer like think about that you know an entire team is better than the men and i love the way danny started the answer with the question would you tell your daughter your future daughter she couldn't play in sports so why are you telling some other woman they can't you know another yeah. part of the interview she's talking about how you know, she'll tell a guy that she likes sports and the first thing they want to do is question her knowledge. Like, why do you, why does they have to know everything about sports to mean they like sports? You know, yeah. a lot of guys don't know a thing about sports, but they sit in front of the TV and laugh and joke and cheer like it's their whole livelihood. Why can't that be the same for women? So uh, I love the trend. I love the way it's changed and the narrative it changed. And I swear, I, if we can start watching more women's sports you will stop seeing these people be angry that women aren't getting paid in sports yeah. the way they should be you know the money yeah. has to come from somewhere well it's the people who want them to get paid who don't watch the women in sports so let's change that narrative as well yeah and i'm really glad you brought up the fact that like the fact that some of our women's teams are better than our men's teams it's the same in hockey team usa's yeah. women's hockey team is unreal they're super they are sick yeah, they're in they're in the gold medal game pretty much every year and then the men's team in the Olympics, at least, 
That's not the case sometimes. But the women's team, you could almost guarantee that you're going to see Team USA's women's team in the gold medal game for hockey. And it, I mean, it, it it is. It's it's these these women's teams are better than the men's teams, and it's time to start owning up to it. And it, it brings us to our bracket challenge, man. Today's bracket challenge is all about the ladies. We are going to be, like I said before, we all picked four women. We all picked our favorite four women in sports history, past and present. And I'm excited. I'm excited for this, man. I'm just excited for this. It's some, I'm, why don't we? Uh, why don't we let Danny lead us in on here? Because she had some very great influential women uh, that inspired her to even do some of the things that she does in sports. Uh, and I, 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 this is one of my favorite parts of the interview because the people she named were people that one, I thought of and two that I completely forgot. But the moment I saw them, I was just like, wow, that is a great point. Uh, I'll, I'll let her do it. My favorite, everyone that follows me knows Serena Williams is like my queen bee. There is no like touching her. I think she's just goals across everything, whether from being a mother to an athlete, to a businesswoman, love her, want to be her. I don't ever want her to retire. Like she just needs to keep going out there and playing just so I can watch her be a beast. And I don't care who she loses to, but of course I would like for her to win again. But I mean, I just need to see her being powerful. Um, There's Serena, Maria Taylor, of course, as another black woman, I think she is like just a breath of fresh air. And I just love watching her on TV. Hannah Storm and Linda Cohn are the OGs, <laughs> you know, like I, I love them and I love that Hannah Storm is still on TV. Um, who else is there? Lauren Shahadi is another, I have like a whole list. Michelle Beadle, I loved her too. I still do. There's just, there's so many, I can just sit here and list every single female reporter out there and I'm going to love them. There's a lot. There is a lot. And it was very hard for us to pick only four and only 16 total. I mean, since we posted that poll, that, that our bracket, our base, our, our, our selections, I should say, since we posted our selections, I've already gotten comments everywhere saying, oh, this person should have been in. This person should have been in. Bailey already popped this one up. Jamie Little is a big one. She became the first woman to lead the broad to be the lead broadcaster of a NASCAR race. We didn't put she's not on the list, but there's so many deserving candidates out there. It was hard to pick them. And if you think if you if you have someone in mind, drop it in the comments and maybe we'll have like a an injury to someone in the bracket. And then maybe we'll have a replacement. <laughs> maybe we'll see. We'll see. But they'll, they'll get the COVID replacement. <laughs> exactly. It's a it's a crazy world out there, man. There's people getting COVID even in the bracket, even in the uh the it, it's not inanimate. Not What's the word I'm looking for? Not real. It, it, uh fantasy. Fantasy. Uh, fantasy. Uh, <laughs> the cricket yeah, bracket that one, the, yeah that, that, that one's on me but like i said before at the beginning of the show the rules were very simple with this bracket challenge we all selected four women and we ranked them personally and we are now going head to head we have to make it a game out of it we always have to make it a challenge out of it so you take a look at the graphic here i'm in blue dylan is in red aaron is in green and AJ is in yellow here. AJ was not happy oh. about going up against Aaron's team. I thought you spelled my name wrong because it was in the red box, W-I-N-N-E-R. I was like, oh, interesting. 
He's trying so hard not to laugh. He just muted himself because he's trying to hold on. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. Let's bring this man up. Oh, wait, were you sneezing? Were you, were you sneezing instead of laughing? No, actually, I live like a mile and a half from the airport. So there was a huge like <laughs> airplane going over me. So I tried to mute myself. Behind, so I didn't just hear all that. Behind the curtain, behind the curtain stuff, because we love peeling it back. I see AJ in the bottom here while the graphic is up, and I see that he's just like this. And he muted himself. I was so I'm like, also laughing, but then okay, the plane came yeah. and my whole house so, is shaking, bro. Like it's real in here. It's real. So I don't <laughs> feel like I, I don't like feel like a complete you jackass. That was the first time I could hear that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, but hey, to get there. bracket time. We can take a look here. I'm against Dylan. Aaron is against AJ. And I guess we'll start off. We'll start off with with you, AJ, since I, I know you're not happy about being matched up with Aaron. So we can get through you quick. You know, okay? it is what it is. We'll, we'll make it work. I, I, I'm I'm feeling a little bit more confident. <laughs> it is. It is Mia Ham, soccer star, USA soccer star, Mia Ham, against Jackie Joiner, Kersey, two women who have had a huge impact. On not only women's sports, but I think for like Olympic sports and like like as a country, I feel like they they are huge. So, AJ, I'll let you kick this off here. Defend your girl Mia Ham and tell everyone why she should win. Mia Ham. All right. So, what can I say? She <laughs> for me for me. Uh, this is one of those things how we spoke earlier. You know, when I was growing up, there weren't many women doing it. You know. If you if you were to ask most of the people in my generation, I would imagine that they would say USA women's soccer was the first time where women true or girls at the time were truly getting inspired to be able to be seen on that type of stage. You know, Mia Hamm, uh, you know, eventually Abby, Abby Wambach, uh, Brandy Christine of that team. They all were just icons at the time. And if you were to ask who was the best player on that team, Mia Hamm would be the undisputed winner. She was uh, the soccer star of the year, the female player of the year, five times in a row. Uh, at 19, she was winning a, uh, the World Cup. And then the next time she gets to go ahead and play, you're talking about her winning Olympic gold. You know, she was one of the most unstoppable people to ever step foot on the soccer pitch. I mean, just look at look at these rockets. The way she just takes over and just drops people and puts it in the back of the net is rivaled with some of the best to ever do the game to ever play the game. And then the iconic Mia Ham slide. <laughs> people do this yeah. today like untouched. And the way like it wasn't even just that. She also stepped out and once she retired, she focused her I guess I should say her success on doing more. You know, she started a research company that found ways to use bone marrow to fix issues in the human body. And they're still doing that research today. Just an influential woman who started the trend of women being so fantastic in sports. And that's why she's number one for me. She's one of the first that I can remember to do it. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And and I mean, there, there are, there are a few and I'll bring it back to the graphic here. There are a few women on this list that like, I can I I automatically look at their name and I'm like okay I like when you think of women's sports there's certain women that are that you could just kind of associate it with you got Serena Williams you got Pat Summit those like the Billie Jean King those two like those those there's names that you just automatically just associate with women's sports greatness 
And I think Mia Hamm is one of those names that you just automatically look at. And then you also, though, it, 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 on the other end of this side here, it's his fourth seed. But Jackie Joyner, Jackie Joyner Kersey here is someone that is like you just automatically associate with women's greatness. I mean, she is a she's a multi-time gold medalist in the Olympics. She you you can't think of of track and field as a whole without thinking of with, without thinking of her. It's just it's just one of those things and one of those names that's like, OK, hey, women's sports, Olympic, even Olympic sports. You think you right. think of Jack Joyner like that. That to me is one of the huge things. Are you are you are you comfortable with this matchup, AJ? I think I can get this one, and but Jackie Joyner Kersey, I mean that's that's a that's a good battle, like for sure. I mean this woman was in the heptathlon, like that's seven events. Think about people trying to win gold in one Olympic event. She was doing this in seven, like that's a whole another level. So, well, I I will say like I don't know if as many people know about Jackie Joyner Kersey as they know and can relate with uh, Mia Hamm. Now. I hope that's not, you know, doing a disservice because I do understand there, track and field is a big deal where I come from. So, you know, in the islands and stuff, we we, we do that. But uh, I, I think I, I'm comfortable with the being me a hand here. So I want to I also want to let everyone know this. You guys in the chat are a big part of this Brack Challenge. You guys are going to have to help us decide on who advances to the Elite Eight. OK, we we will be deciding who the Elite Eight is tonight out of this bracket. And if you want, just drop in the comments, drop in the chat who you think should win this first round matchup between Mia Hamm and Jackie Joyner Kersey. Dylan, do you do you know? Are you familiar? I know you're a younger kid here. I, I just called you a kid. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> are you familiar with these two women? I know Mia Hamm. She she paved the way for soccer. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Mia Ham. Kersey's a little bit. Uh, it's going to take me a little while to pick up uh, who she is, but I know exactly who Mia Ham is. And I liked HA's point of USA soccer and bringing that together. I mean, you've seen. I mean, the team now probably grew up watching her, understanding what all happened, and they know exactly what to do because she is. She was really good and definitely was a role model for many of them on the team. So are we deciding that Ham is going to be the winner here? Is that Mia Ham is, is going to take the dub? Are we? A, I mean, a, I'm going to say yes. I didn't know if I can answer. If I can answer that, <laughs> yeah, we're going to decide Mia Ham. But I mean, did did Aaron have any yeah. to say about this, or did he have any? Uh, I, I don't know who what Aaron's arguments are. We're we're gonna play the, also play the game on. Let's watch Aaron's video, the first part of it, and hope that he started with Mia Ham or uh, Jackie Joyner. <laughs> he probably didn't. He probably started with Serena Williams first. But we're gonna find out. Sure, we're gonna we're we're in this thing together, Rough Cut Crew. We're in this thing together. It's Look rough. at this beautiful man's face. Let's see where he starts. Also, need to see if my thing is hooked up properly. Yep, here we go. Let's see. Now I know you did not think you could have a fun and games Friday without oh! yours truly. Aaron Mewes. Come on, Vinny. Come on, AJ. Dylan, you know better than that. Nailed what is it. up, everybody? I am here to announce my final top four women, influential women, uh, to dedicate Women's History Month. As you know, the Rough Cut Sportscast is dedicating tonight's show as well as um, some other shows throughout the month to the women and all that they've accomplished and what they've set forward for, for young girls across the nation. Um, we, we've talked about some inspiring women, and we're going to continue to do so today. So I'm here to give you my four 
from four to one inside. Oh, he starts with he starts with Jackie. Number four, Miss Jackie Joyner Kersey. Uh, That's right, Miss Jackie Joyner Kersey changed athletics forever for for young women, especially African American women. Um, She was a three time gold medalist in four straight Olympics. She was able to be the first woman or first American to ever win gold medal in the long jump, and it's. Jackie Joyner had this way of persevering through so many tough times. She had financial hardships when she was younger. She, she struggled. She was able to get an athletic scholarship to go to UCLA. Um, and then later in her career, after she had retired, she established things like the Youth Center Foundation for underprivileged children to encourage them to play sports. And so many women and so many kids were impacted by what she was able to do both on the track and off. Um, there was no way I could have a top four and not put her on my list. So this is this actually, uh, again, we're going to take you behind the curtain of the, of the VIP room here. And uh, it's going in order and I don't even have to go into ed- the editing of, of the video to try and get this to work. Cause I'm just going to pause it on, on that one. And then the next one, he's going to go into the next matchup. Oh. <laughs> it's going to work. But to me, when I watch that video and I hear Aaron's uh, defense of Jackie Joyner, I think it all comes down to what sport had the uh, most impact of like today's athletes in that sport. You know what I mean? Like women's soccer players versus women's track and field players. Which one was impacted more by their athlete? And I think I give it to Mia Hamm. Dylan, are you are you on board with that one? I am, but he made a lot of good points there. I, um, I, I like, like I said, I'll be honest. I came in, I did not know who she was, but I'm glad that he brought her up. I know there's a lot of people on my list, maybe two, maybe one, maybe zero, who knows. But there's, there's probably someone on my list that says uh, that you probably don't know right away, but I'm going to give you a background on them and it might change your opinion a little bit. Aaron did that to me, but I'm still going to ride with Mia Hamm because like you said of the role model uh, that she was. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. Congratulations, AJ. You did not get swept. Going into this show, we were like, wait a second. If we put this bracket the way it's set up right now, there is a world where we could end up having only one person advance in a in a bra- in a side of the bracket. Like I could have uh, Aaron could have clean swept AJ here and been the only one advancing in that right side of the bracket. But AJ has snuck out a victory and we move on. Pat Summit versus oh. Diana Diana Tarasi, and I, I'm gonna let Aaron I'm gonna let Aaron kind of take this one away and give his uh, defense of Diana Tarasi. Who's number three? That's right, the great. Uh, I mean this this woman changed the way I viewed women. It's like he's here. That's right, it's Diana Tarasi, and <laughs> I know a lot of you remember Diana Tarasi for her. Her three straight titles with UConn, um, 70 straight wins led by, you know, Gino Oriema. But I have different memories of Diana Taurasi. I re- whenever I think of Diana Taurasi, I always think back to Kobe Bryant. The, the relationship that they had and how he spoke about her and her character and her, her prowess on the basketball court <laughs> and how she changed the game. I mean, so many NBA stars, uh, Steve Nash had a quote saying, you know, her unbelievable vision of, you know, throwing no-look passes and just doing things that hadn't been done in the game before, changing the way we viewed women's basketball. That's why she was so iconic. Uh, Diana Taurasi was a Rookie of the Year drafted by the Phoenix Mercury. She was a two-time 
uh, finals MVP in 2009 and 2015. She won MVP of the league in 2009. She has been a staple to what the WNBA has, has set forth and, and provided to all these young women coming up in, into in the game of basketball. So Diana Taurasi um, is my number three on my list. She probably could have been higher, but you'll see why when I give you my, my top two. Um, she is just somebody who has inspired me and inspired so many women across the nation. I could not leave her off this list. Fantastic. Great stuff from our boy, Aaron Mukes here. It, it's like he's here. It's really like yeah. he's here. That's yeah. that's how it is. Uh, I personally, I've never heard of Diana Taurasi up until this point. Diana. <laughs> that's what I said, isn't it? Diana Taurasi. Isn't that what I said? No, nah, you said Diana, but and and I'm sorry. Oh. They'll tell you it's like it's Diana. Whoopsies. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. She she's she's fantastic. Uh, she really is, though. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier and you were asking about Lisa Leslie. And I told you Lisa Leslie was like Jordan. Diana Taurasi was like Kobe. And the first thing he said out of his mouth was he thinks about Kobe Bryant. And yeah. she meant a lot to Kobe and Kobe's daughter, Gianna, who sadly both of them passed away on that helicopter. Rest in peace. Um, she She's changed the game, not just in college, but in the NBA. She's meant a lot to a lot of players, her style of basketball and whatnot. For me to go up against her, I'm really glad that I used Pat Summit. Um, although Diana didn't play for Pat Summit, she played for Gino Oromimora. Um, I can't pronounce it. I'm not going to. Gino A in UConn. Uh, but Pat Summit, as far as women's coaches go, is right there for women's basketball. I mean, she became a coach at the age of 22. She was an assistant coach after playing for Tennessee Martin, and they fired their coach while she was the assistant coach, so she just kind of inherited the job. They paid her $250 a week. She had to drive the van. She had to wash the, the, the jerseys for everybody. They were sleeping in the gyms of the teams they were playing the next day. The hardships that she had to go through just to become a coach that was respected on the level she was, was outstanding. And all that did was allow her to be one of the greatest women's coaches of all time. I'm sorry. One of the greatest coaches of all time. Oh, yeah. Eight NCAA tournament championships for women's basketball, 16 time sec tournament champion awards from the president. I mean, amazing type of stuff. She, she worked, she wrote three books in her time, if you were to ask anybody about a coach that they would have played for, if they wouldn't have said Gino A, they were going to say Pat Summit. And, you know, the way she kind of left this world, another rest in peace on that with getting oh, yeah. Alzheimer's or not was really sad. Uh, but she will be remembered forever. You will never find a person who can't say that she wasn't so influential on their life. Uh, Pat, Pat Summit's got a lot to do with the way women want to grow up and the type of woman, women they want to be. Yeah, this was my number one seed for you. And I know obviously you had you had yours, but this was my number one seed for you. Like out of all your guys, out of all of your women that you listed there, Pat Summit was the number one seed. It's, it was the clear victory in, in in my opinion. I don't like I said, I don't know much about Di Diana just for you, yeah. AJ. You know, uh, and for her because it's her name. And and yeah, <laughs> for her too. Uh, but I just to me Again, you look at the names in, in women's sports history, you can't say you can't not bring up what Pat Summit did for the for the game of basketball as a whole and how and how successful she was and breaking down that barrier and just and being that great. And 
this is a great question. I guess I should ask you this. Could Pat Summit be considered a GOAT even with Absolutely. the coaches? Absolutely. You can ask the coaches you would look at as a GOAT. Mike Mike Krzyzewski will tell you straight up that he would aspire to be Pat Summit if he wasn't Mike K. He probably still would if he being Coach K. Pat Summit is is somebody, I mean, USA basketball. She's been brought on to help coach men's teams. Absolutely one of the GOATs in the entire sport of basketball, especially in college basketball, for sure, without question. Can't. Dylan, what are your uh, what are you what are you thinking here? What's what's your also fans? Like I said, vote in the chat on who, who you think should win this: Pat Summit or Diana Taurasi. Nice to see that you uh, got her name right this time, but I'm going Pat Summit. Pat Summit. Pat Summit is my pick here. Like you said, the big things about the coaching she. She she made an impact on everybody that she put through her. Whether she was at a she was at her program, it doesn't matter where she was. She she commanded the respect from all of her players and everyone that. I mean, if you walked up to her on the street, she was still someone that would just do anything. And she was just a great person, great coach, and she meant a lot to uh, women's history and coaching in general. I'm sure there's a lot of men's coaches nowadays that take after all the things that she did whether it comes to their scheme, whether it comes to how to handle situations and talking to their players. She was one of the best at doing that. Therefore, she is my winner in this uh, competition. In, in, in this competition or just this this, 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 this bracket. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. I, I didn't want you to just go, go ahead and give it to AJ there. The whole thing. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not calling know. Oral Roberts the uh, champion today. <laughs> he called you Oral Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> you suck. Yeah, I don't mind having a couple of upsets. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was aggressive. That was aggressive. <laughs> Bailey is dropping his vote in here as well. Pat Summit takes this one. You're two for two, sir. You are two I'm for proud. two. How does that make I'm you proud. feel? Uh, it's good. It's good. I'm glad to know, like, after day one, <laughs> you know, I'm leading, I'm you're leading still, the bracket. You're, you're, you're still in. Let, let's go over to the left side here. Dylan, are you ready to do? Uh, kind of take on ours you, you ready to go let's, for our first two matchups here let's do it so we've got billy jean king against beth moens i don't know who beth moens is i would assume a lot of people here might not know who beth moens is dylan i i would hope people know who billy jean king is but i'm not trying i'm, I'm not trying to shoot you down okay i'm not trying to shoot you down <laughs> who is beth moens and why should she advance Beth Moens is a female play-by-play uh, -play announcer, and she does ESPN play-by-play, -play, mainly college sports. But it really started to take a turn for her in when it comes to advancing in the industry uh, here a few years ago. 2017, she started to do NFL games. Uh, the first time I heard her was that it was a double Monday night football to start the year. They always have two games. It was at 10 o'clock. She came on and did the Raiders game. I believe that was the it was either a missed kick or a game-winning kick. I cannot remember, but someone kicked. It was the Rams, Rams Raiders. I remember it now. Uh, Steven, not Steven Hauschka. What was that kicker's name there for what? Greg Zerline. He was kicking on the dirt field, nailed the upright, lost the game. But anyway, she did a great job of calling that. She's a she's an NFL announcer and the second female play-by-play -play announcer in NFL regular season history. So the only the only the second one to do it. And tomorrow she makes history for becoming the first female play by play announcer in Chicago Cubs history with the spring training game. That's pretty cool. Is, is, does she now did the Cubs have a uh, 
play-by-play guy for their normal regular season games, or or does she have an opportunity to be the play-by-play woman for the Cubs this season? So they did have someone named Len Casper. He's he was the main guy there for TV, but he actually left for the re- uh, radio for the White Sox. So he crossed town to do radio. But um, anyway, so they brought in Boog Shambi from ESPN. He's going to do most of the play-by-play work, but whenever he has ESPN games, they're looking at her to be a potential fill-in. That's awesome. That that is that, that is really cool. I didn't I didn't know about that, and it's cool, <laughs> but it's not Billie Jean King. Okay, it isn't Billie Jean King, one of the most impactful women in the history of all sports. And like I said to you guys before the show even started, I was like, okay, when I'm making, when I'm filling out my rankings here of my four women that I have selected, I didn't want to put Billie Jean King first because it's not like she's not my she's not my personal favorite, but she's one of the all time greats, and it just would only be disrespectful not to give it to her. And (laughs) Dylan, you are the worst. You are the worst. But Billie Jean King is someone who has absolutely 100% changed the game of where is her name in this thing here? It was where is it? Who? Oh, there it is. Boom. Sorry. Billie Jean mm-hmm. King, though, you brought up something earlier, uh, AJ, that talking about how men can do it or women can do it just as good, if not better, than the men. Billie Jean King was one of the first people to actually do that. She challenged Bobby Riggs in a tennis match in a battle of the sexes match back in, I, b- I believe it was in the 70s or the 60s. I can't remember the exact time. But Billie Jean, King only, Billie Jean King not only did that, but she ended up beating Bobby Riggs that day. And I mean, that alone in that time period where a woman is challenging a man in, in a big time sporting event. And like, let's just put the winning aside. Challenging him alone in that time period is insane to think of. And then she ended up winning. And then you throw in all the things that she's still doing today for the LGBTQ uh, people, the the women in in America. It's just, it is fantastic. Where did Dylan go? He just lost power. Oh, Dylan lost power. My God. How do you know he lost power? He put it in the comments. He did. Well, you were you were doing your thing. You were doing your oh thing. My God, what is this? this? Is amazing. But no, Billie Jean King though. <laughs> That's not the word I'd use for it. But <laughs> <laughs> she ended up, like I said, battling Bobby Riggs and winning. And then in that same year, she's riding high and created the Women's Tennis Association. She is someone who absolutely changed not only women's tennis. But women's in sports, and like you said earlier, she said she was one of the first people to say, hey, women can do this, and we can do it better. So, boom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you, you I'm got, with you on that, man. I, I really I really like what you're doing there. Like, that's a, that's a solid number one. Uh, everything she stood for. I mean, you're also talking about in a time where it was frowned on. She was fighting for gender equality back then. I mean, talk about someone being able to look up to somebody for this amount of time period. Uh, Billie Jean King, I, I don't even I, – I, Beth Mowens was a great pick as well. You know, she she's a very broad. I mean, she's done soccer. She's done football. She does baseball. She's done basketball. Like, yeah, to be that broad with everything, that's fantastic, you know. But And her career is still moving. Billie Jean King, her, her career has knocked some things out and kind of made it a runaway here, if you ask me. So that that's going to have to be – 
the pick that I would go with on this side. You okay, Dylan? I am. It was weird because I have my three lights on and they all just went dark and everything just stopped. So I, I was is like, it, what just happened? Is it raining over by you? Is that is that what it is? Is, it, is there a storm out there? You don't know? It you know, rained yesterday. Well, I, it's closed. I don't know. It, it, it just It's just the power's off. Now I'm back. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay, so we got to we gotta keep rolling here. Billie Jean King versus uh, Beth Moens is the uh, final uh, tally in, AJ. Uh, for me, it was Billie Jean. Got it. Billie Jean. He's not my lover. He's not my Stop ruining Michael Jackson. <laughs> he did that himself. Sorry. <laughs> we sang Frozen <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> we did this today. Unbelievable. Next matchup here. Oh, I'm sorry. That I, I had to do it. I had to do. It. I'm sorry. Uh, next matchup here, though, we move on. It is a battle of the number two seed versus the number three seed for you, Dylan. Actually, it's number two seed versus yeah, number two seed versus the number three seed. My Hillary Knight. This is this is one. This is what I wanted to put at number one. This is how special and how how much I love my Hillary Knight pick. But Hillary Knight at my number two, and Susan Waldman, sorry, had to read it, forgot the name, had to read it, couldn't see. Susan Waldman, Hillary Knight. Dylan, what are your thoughts on this matchup and, and why Susan Waldman should win? Susan Waldman, you asked, the, you asked me the question earlier that said, when you were growing up in your time, did you see or hear anybody that you saw that were females in the industry? And she was the first one. She was a pioneer that in a male industry dominated there's there's no one like her I mean she was she does Yankees radio for those that don't know color commentary there and whenever you hear the Yankees game it's John Sterling it's Susan Waldman those two pair well together they do a lot of great things and I I just love what she does she adds a lot to the games and she just does a great job and there's no Linda Cohn there's no Hannah Storm there's no any of these without Susan Waldman paving the way And she does a great job on the radio as a talk show host. She's also, like I said, does color commentary. And she co-hosts a show with Howie Rose, the Mets Mets play-by-play announcer. Um, So I I think she's a great job. She does does a great job with with radio. And she's just... She has a great voice too. I, I'm not going to lie. That's something that uh, something I look forward to listening to during the season. Yankee games. I can't. The thing is, when you brought up the Yankee thing, I was like, you know, when I think of the Yankees, I think of Michael K. That is the voice. That is the voice. John Sterling. Hearing. Everybody else thinks John of John Sterling. I guarantee you. Yeah. The uh, Yankees win. No, 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 no. Yes. No. Yeah. I think of oh, I think of Michael K and I think of when someone is uh when someone hits a home run he's like see ya in Michael in the Michael K voice I can't I can't get it I can't get it <laughs> there it goes see ya yeah yeah see see there you go there you go on the other side of this bracket or on the other side <laughs> of this matchup I have Hillary Knight one of the best women ho- women's hockey players of all time Dylan, you asked me earlier why I didn't pick Kendall Coyne Schofield in this in this uh in this spot. Maybe not in this spot, but why she's not on my list. First of all, I didn't want to add too many hockey any hockey women other than Hillary Knight. She had to be the number one just because the amount of the the impact that Hillary Knight has on women, not only women's hockey but the fight for equal pay. It, 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 what she has done is incredible. She has led the charge on 
the women's pay scale for for women to be paid equally in the hockey world. She led the charge with a boycott this past or was it two years ago or maybe this past year boycotted the professional women's hockey players association and was like, Hey, we're not playing until you guys pay us our money. And she was like, she's helped started the, the women's hockey players association. So it's like, she's, she is leading this. Like, I, I can't even like words can't describe how much Hillary Knight has impacted women's hockey. She's a multi-time gold medalist. We talked about it earlier where she's like, Hey, women can do it just as well as the men, if not better. Hey, Where's our where's the gold medals for the men's team? Hillary Knight's got a few. And it, oh man, I can't I can't with it. The <laughs> argument isn't even there. I can't. Yes, it is. You're telling me Susan Waldman has to be there. You kidding me? She's been a pioneer for so many people trying to get into sports media. I don't think I don't think you're just you're discrediting what Susan Waldman does because I'm, she I'm, brings I'm a not, lot. You're I'm talking so much about oh. I'm not only because what Hillary Knight has done for the game of hockey for women is just, it's astronomical. The thing is with your pick, she's great. She's great. But how much of it did she pave the way? How much of it did she pave the people you see in broadcasting now that want to do radio work that want to do TV, the, the news anchors, you look at your news station, you're seeing more and more women doing that. You're seeing more of them covering the sports segment. You see more of them start coming to our school, full sail university, the Dan Patrick school to pursue what she built. Let me ask you this baseball guy here. When you think of women broadcasters, is she like one of the first people that you can think of? Yes. Every single time I think of her. It, I do. Dude, Susie, Susie Wallman is She's at the, the one. top. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that I, I, I'm not surprised you're making your argument for Hillary Knight, but I am surprised that you're trying to push Susie Wallman. Yeah. Down Susan so Waldman far. has to she, be considered. I guess I, I guess I shouldn't be trying to push her down. Hillary Knight though has done so much for the game of hockey for women. It is she participated in the All Star game basically last year. She basically, she led the charge she? for that. She led the charge for that. She had a goal during that. She has done so much for not only women's hockey, but for USA hockey in general. Like that is for women's hockey to grow. You need Hillary Knight. There is no women's hockey growth in the States without Hillary Knight. When you ask someone about women's hockey, you cannot bring up women's hockey without saying Hillary Knight. Okay. One last one last point here. Uh, You look at it real quick. You talk about paving the way for Hillary Knight and what she did for hockey. But that's just one sport. It's hockey. It's one thing. Now you see Susan Waldman, what she does, she brings it to everybody at home. We talk about equal opportunity in this business and in whatever we do when it comes to seeing more women in sports. You want to see more women in sports? It doesn't happen without Susan. I'm telling you that right now. I should have put Hillary Knight as my number one seed. I'm going down. I got I to gotta go with Susan Waldman. I got to go yeah. with my pinch, right, buddy. She she's fa- not only does she call radio games when they're stuck in a pinch, she's gonna go down to the field and sing the national anthem for you. Yeah, she also has a musical theater background. If you have a pinch and you need someone to call basketball games, Susan Waldenman can do that for you. I, I'm I'm with Dylan on this one. I think his I think Walman takes the pay. My the bracket is my bracket is ruined. Hillary Knight was my coach, man. I really loved Hillary Knight a lot. I, this one hurts. This one stings a lot. We'll go All over right. to the other side. I'll cry myself while I solo AJ while he talks. Gotta vote me. against us against me now. <laughs> no, I won't. But that one hurts. It stings a lot. AJ, we're going over to your side here, though. <laughs> In a last minute change, Oof. 
in a last minute change here, we've got Ronda Rousey versus Robin Roberts. And I'll let our guy Aaron take over here on why Robin Roberts should win. I can't, that's a tongue twister. I feel like Robin Roberts, Robin Roberts. My final two, my number two seed um, is special. And, you know, for those people voting out there on the Rough Cut Sportscast today, you got to show some love to my list. We didn't get the love that we needed from the movie, uh, the movie draft we had the other week, but my list here is pretty solid. So I'm looking forward to you guys to voting and moving my people forward. Uh, Vidi, AJ, and Dylan's list, they they don't got nothing on this list. Uh, My number two, (laughs) as a student at Full Sail University, and somebody who is now entering the broadcast game. I think it is imperative that we show love to some of the best broadcasters that's ever done it. They set the standard. And nobody set the standard like this woman. And that's Robin Roberts. Um, I have fond memories of, as a boy, watching SportsCenter and seeing the first woman anchor that I ever saw on, on on a show like that and just being in awe of what she was able to do. She l- later went on to Good Morning America. She's done an amazing job there. She's done, she's done so many things. She's written books. But most of all, she's persevered. She's been through um, cancer. She had a bone marrow transplant. She is an African-American woman doing something that not only is she African-American, but she's also a woman. And both are frowned upon in the industry that she's in. Um, oftentimes, and she's breaking breaking glass ceilings, and and she's done so her whole career. So she is my number two seed. This guy here, unbelievable. Aaron is just loaded up. Gus calling us out for our terrible bracket here. This is just all personal, man. This was all just yeah. personal picks in our bracket. We only had sixteen. Cho- we only had four each, and it was very hard for us to narrow it, it down. It really was. It really was. Aaron or AJ, you have. I mean, not only is Aaron's team basically stacked and very good, he's also yeah. very good at defending his team. He is. He's also quite, is I mean, not, hey, he recorded this, so you don't know how many takes he did here, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you have Ronda Rousey in this position. Uh, first of all, are you comf- Are you confident that you can win this one? I'm not confident. Uh <laughs> I, I love Robin Roberts, man. Robin Roberts, he's correct. That's paved the way. I mean, think about all these things that were going down. And and the first person you think about to cover a lot of these stories is Robin Roberts. There, what, I think it was a George Floyd story, right, that uh, they did in America, uh, Night in America, and she picked it up. I, I Don't quote me. I could be completely wrong on that. Uh, there was a huge story, and I hate that I'm blanking on it right now. But either way. Ron Roberts is a great one to go up against. I'll take Ronda Rousey on this, and I put her as my number three because of what she's done for the sport of MMA. MMA at the time that Ronda Rousey was really coming in was becoming an icon when women in this sport were just ring girls. They were walking around the sides, and she came in and she dominated. I mean, you're talking maybe two fights that were longer than a minute. She would come in and she would just tear through. She paved the way for so many different people to come in and start taking this real and real serious. And this is the lady who took over her mantle. You know, without Ronda Rousey, this never happens. Amanda Nunes doesn't step up the way she has and eventually become the GOAT. And this fight that you're watching with her and Amanda Nunes, this happened after such a critical time in Ronda Rousey's life. It's not just the fighting 
that Ronda Rousey is known for. It's not just the way that she dominated people that made me put her on my bracket, but I think back to the loss of her against Holly Holm and how she got to the lowest point in her life. You didn't hear anything from Ronda Rousey for a very long time. She was very silent. She really had to think things through. And there's this fabulous interview with her and Ellen DeGeneres, and she's talking about how at the end of this fight, she remembers just sitting down in the medical room in the corner crying and seriously thinking about ending her life because she lost her identity. She had no clue who she was if she wasn't this dominant fighter anymore. And it wasn't just the fact that that was happening. It was the fact that she was brave enough to go out on national television and talk about that and then get back in the ring because it was such a big deal for every female after her to know that if you were to get that low, you can still be undefeated because being defeated is a choice and she wasn't going to let that happen. She got back in the ring against who uh, Amanda Nunes was becoming and is today. And I thought that took a lot of guts and a lot of awareness of who she was and what she meant to the sport of women's MMA. Uh, so she had to make my list and I, I'm, I'm very happy that she did it. Her up against Robin Roberts is going to be a hard one. I'm, I'm kind of happy. It's not up to a uh, fan vote altogether, you know, and I, over like a week of time. So I might, I might squeak this one out because I don't have a chance in the next one. <laughs> My four versus one, it's, it is what How it is. How dare you say what you just said about having a week to vote on this and this and that. You are the worst. You oh are the You take everything worst. so personal. The worst. The worst. I honestly, I have, I have Ronda Rousey here. I, I think there's a theme with our with the women that we've had advanced so far, it's all women who have paved the way for the future. Yeah. And I just can't, I personally can't see UFC women's fight, like women's fighting in the UFC at the level where it is now without Ronda Rousey. And I know you gave for this before with not putting the WWE highlights in the in your ronda rousey thing and i know w like people will say wrestling's fake this and that but ronda rousey was also a part of one of the biggest matches in women's wrestling in women's wwe history she was a part of the main event in at wrestlemania the first ever women's wrestlemania main event and like to put that into perspective here that doesn't happen without ronda rousey because not only not yeah you could trust the two, the other two women that were in that match, but you cannot sell tickets and sell that main event match without the big name of Ronda Rousey. So it's right. like, yes, she has her UFC career and her MMA, her MMA career. There is just so much more to what Ronda Rousey does for women in general. It's just she has truly paved the way. She'd yeah. get my vote, and I'm sure Aaron would be super rattled about this. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I understand. And you're right, though. Again, I, I think back to when she didn't know have an identity. She remembered she had so many other talents. I mean, she went over to the WWE and did that for a while. She's been in movies. She's been in comedy doing SNL here and there. She sings and she she became well-rounded. At a point in her life, she had no direction. And she looked to her support system and found how broad of a talent that she actually was. And again, for the people who were watching her come up, that is so impactful to know that even at your lowest, you probably have so many more talents that just are untapped. So I, I could I couldn't not put Ronda in. I couldn't do it. So and the and the word Gus 
the word Gus said here, transcendent. Yep. That that yep. is so huge. Dylan, do you have any thoughts on this matchup or or uh I, th- I thought both arguments were very good. I'll be honest. Both both Aaron and AJ put a lot in. I'll be honest. I thought coming in that I, I was going to lean Robin Roberts, but what you've said about Ronda Rousey so far, I, I think I'm going to start sliding with her because she had a great job. She she did a lot of good things to the game of wrestling and really paved the way for many others. And yes, Robin Roberts is very good at her job and she paved the way for more people such as Sage Steele or someone else that wants to be on television in those roles. I still think Ronda Rousey, just what she brings to that sport has really elevated that over the top. I I think it's, I think that's fair. So what do you have to, you have three, you're three for three. It's all right because his one is his one. His one is going to knock you out of the park. Yeah, you you ain't need one. You ain't sweet. Uh, Poor, poor Aaron though. Aaron only received one vote in our (laughs) in our draft, and he's only going to have one person in this uh, in this bracket challenge here. Now, I I do have a question though. Now that you have, now that it's almost a guarantee that you're going to lose the next next the next uh, matchup. Are Mm -hmm. do you feel? confident or comfortable in any of your three women that you have advancing to go up against Serena Williams? I feel like I could make a very good argument for what, Mia Hamm. What, uh, what I was about to say, which one, which one of those three matches up the best against Serena Williams? It might. I'll pull it up here. Yeah, and you just look at it. It's, it's got, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Pat Summit, right? I mean, everything she, I like, and that's so hard to say because the way I just spoke about Ronda Rousey, and even though her losses are what they were, you think about what she's done for the sport. But Pat Summit, I mean, um, if she wasn't diagnosed with the health condition with Alzheimer's, she'd still be coaching today. She'd still have, I mean, her wins would go from a thousand ninety eight to probably well over 1200 at this point she would she would have probably 18 to 20 championships at Tennessee there's just so much that she was robbed of and so are we as fans of women's sports that we're not going to get to see so if I had to put accolades up against accolades I might I would probably I put my bet on Pat Summit yeah against Serena I like I like the next round matchup the next when we get into the elite eight if if and when serena williams wins i like the ronda rousey versus serena williams uh yeah matchup i I think that one is the strong is i think she is the strongest one that you have there uh just because i don't know i I guess i'm just very attached to what ronda rousey has done uh for women's wrestling and women's mma and 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 that do we want do we do you want to defend leila ali i'll say this leila ali I'll I'll be quick about it. Uh, Layla Ali, I love how she was an entrepreneur at 16. She owned her own nail salon at the age of 18, saw somebody boxing. And, you know, her father is the greatest boxer of all time, Muhammad Ali, and figured, I want to to do this. Took up the name She Be Stinging. Hilarious. Love it. Madam Butterfly. Followed her in father's footsteps, undefeated in the ring, 24 and 0. And as soon as she decided to hang it up, she went right back to being an entrepreneur and paving the way again, uh, you know, for young black women who wanted to be entrepreneurs as well. So uh, she's done a lot. She's done a lot for a young, a young uh, fan base. And then there's Serena Williams. So <laughs> and, and there's this guy's beautiful face. Finally, I don't think there's going to be any debate on this one. <laughs> I think this is the one. That's the he knows. Williams. Hold on. I, I actually might pause this. I might save 
I might save this for the next show because I don't know if Aaron's going to be a part of the next show and to okay. defend Serena Williams there. Okay. But we already know Serena Williams is going to win here. We, we do. I agree. Yep. I, I, I agree. Serena Williams wins. It's a buzzer beater. So, it's a buzzer so we'll beater. hold, we'll hold, I'm going to hold Aaron. I'm going to hold Aaron's Serena Williams argument there for next show. You're going to have to tune in when we find out the results for the Elite Eight. Uh, but, but we have to move on to a much more close. Yeah, you, you won that side three to one there, buddy. How does that feel? Feels good that Aaron wasn't here to rebuttal his defense, you know. Uh. <laughs> I can only imagine it would have gotten heated. But let's go over to our side, Dylan, where it's a little bit more competitive. I'm still very heartbroken that uh, Hillary Knight is gone because that would that, that there are two women in here that are very close to me, and it's Hillary Knight, and it's this next woman here, Linda Cohen. She is a <laughs> Gus is great. Gus <laughs> is great. <laughs> I got to go with Linda Cohn here, though. And this one's more, honestly, this one's just more personal, man. Yeah, I know, Dylan, you brought up earlier, uh, there are other women who have paved the way for a Linda Cohn. But if you're looking at hockey broadcasting and you're looking at someone who talks about hockey in the in the women's world, it's Linda Cohn. I can't associate any type of broadcasting other than her at ESPN talking about hockey, putting hockey on the map in a time where where hockey was not a thing on ESPN, obviously because of the the, the deals that the NHL had with the MB, with NBC and not with ESPN. Linda Cohn was still there keeping hockey on the map. She was there every she was their go to analyst and their go to anchor for any type of hockey content there. And I mean, she does the ESPN plus uh, ESPN on ice. She is everywhere in terms of hockey on one of the biggest networks in all in, in the world, basically for sports. And like I said, this one's just personal. She's a big Ranger fan as well. My argument for her is all bias because of, <laughs> of, of what I love about Linda Cohen. She's a, she even not, I want to throw this out there. I'm not even sure if you guys know about this. Linda Cohen tried out for the Florida Panthers as the emergency backup goalie for the Florida Panthers. There was, That's I believe awesome. it was five or six years ago, the Florida Panthers lost their starting goaltender, Roberto Luongo. They lost their backup goalie. They lost their backup to the backup goalie. And in hockey, you have an emergency backup goaltender that basically sits in the press box. And if something were to happen to both goalies in the game, they would come down. Example, David Ayers for the Toronto or for the Carolina Hurricanes. Linda Cohen tried out for the Florida Panthers emergency backup goaltender position. And not that she made it, but she did it. And she's just keeping hockey in the loop at the biggest network in the country for sports uh, in terms of ESPN. And to me, she's one of those ladies that, like I said, you can't talk hockey broadcasters without talking Linda Cohen. She has an iconic voice. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. She does. She's, she's, she's paid the way. Or I don't know if she's necessarily paid the way. She's good at her job. But this is where I come in with Kim Inge. And Kim Inge, she's a fellow Hoosier, uh, born in Indianapolis, but grew up in New York. And her father taught her about sports when she was young, played tennis, played college softball. And if you want an example of hard work paying off, she is that example. I mean, with a minority background, she comes in and she worked her way up in the baseball front office. And she has done so many great things. She was first hired in 1990 uh, by Brian Cashman of the New York Yankees to be his assistant GM. And she, she's done a great job there. Ended up working 30 years later. 
She has changed the game. And right now she's in the front office for the general manager of the Miami Marlins. And if there's any women out there that want to be in want to be in the front office in the business side of whether baseball or any of these other four major sports, she's the first female GM in any of the four major sports. And she, right now it's 2020. She's the one that's stepping up, making these moves, and she has grinded her tail off for it. I'm glad to see that she finally got it. 30 years of doing something in the in the industry to finally work to get to that top spot. Kim Inge should be a lock. You know, before the show, we talked about how you wanted to go up against Dylan, Aaron, or AJ. You wanted to, you wanted this side of the bracket, and then you ended up three to one over <laughs> over uh, Aaron. Well. I don't have a rebuttal here because that the fact that she won that she is one of the only women to have a World Series title. I mean that is huge. Also, I believe I did say Cohn. Not Yo, Cohn. you've been saying you've been saying the Cohn the whole time. I keep thinking of the Mets, TV, the Mets yeah. TV announcer. That's what I keep thinking no of Gary way. Cohen. Yeah, it sounds like Gary Cohen instead of Linda Cohn. It's Cohn. I thought I said yeah. Cohn. No, Cohn. <laughs> Cohen. You, you, Cohen. You might have. <laughs> Cone. You might have said it before the show, but once you got on your diatribe there, it was all Cohen. Well, and, uh, I shall. You do this all the time, though. I, I shall be one of the water boy. You picked, <laughs> you picked the longest yard. Back, but I apologize. Either way, you take that one, and it's down to our final matchup yeah. here. Oh, boy. Oof. Jess Mendoza, Lisa Leslie. Dylan, are you ready to talk about your girl? I am. <clears throat> wow, Jessica Mendoza, what more can you say here? She has she's done it all. Uh you talk about anything in sports, she has done it. She's the first team all-American softball player and she started out being a very young two-time medal two-time medal winning Olympian, a gold medal for USA softball and she has done everything when it comes to that. And just to prove how dominant she was, I'm going to pull up a stat on her with Team USA. In 2008, she hit 478 batting average, 25 home runs, 116 RBIs. I mean, she was an absolute monster when she took the field. And there you see going up the middle. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't make it much better than that. Great player, but it doesn't stop there. She comes over to ESPN as a baseball analyst, worked on Sunday night baseball from 2016 to 2019. The great uh, trio there with A-Rod, and I believe it was Dan Schulman a little bit, and also Matt Vaskersian now. But uh, she's done a great job of that. And she's one of only three players to ever appear on the greatest college softball team list. And not only that, she's done baseball or softball. She's done broadcasting. And now, well, she was in the business uh, operations with the New York Mets, and she worked there as well. So you talk about being versatile and what she does. She has brought a lot and is someone that you can look up for, especially being a minority. Yeah, it, th- I, when, when we when we talked about that one and I, I started pulling up the, the highlight, that that – that shot was right up center field. Oof, that was that was a laser. That was an absolute mm-hmm. laser, but it does not come close to Lisa Leslie, by the way. It, it really doesn't. We talked about before. We the, really? the, the to me it doesn't because we talk about the trend of 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 players paving the way for the future. And we talk about saying a sport, saying the WNBA. You picture Lisa Leslie. That to me is is what you see. She's a four-time Olympic gold medalist. She she owns 10. I mean, think about this. She owns 10 US Olympic records. 10. That's absurd. That is mm-hmm. insane. And when you think about Lisa Leslie, like, like I said, 
I can't think of the WNBA without thinking Lisa Leslie. And the first lady, uh, come on, the first lady of women's basketball right there. The Her impact on the community, man, she is growing the game. She basically put women's basketball on the map. And you talked about it earlier, AJ, with the Michael Jordan of women's basketball and the Kobe Bryant of, 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 of women's basketball. Who, who's the GOAT? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan yeah. is the GOAT. Lisa Leslie is the goat of basketball. She's got the championships. She's got the gold medals. She's got the impact on the community. She's got paving the way for the future ba women's basketball players of the sport. And something else that you brought up earlier, having an impact on the sport as a whole. I mean, she was the first woman to dunk. She was the <laughs> first woman to dunk, man. Come on. It's simple. Lisa Leslie. No, I, I got one more rebuttal real quick. And you mentioned about making an impact and what she does. Listen, <laughs> listen right here for one second. One second. I, I like Gus's comment about Mendoza being in the play in bracket of the NIT. But anyway, um, <laughs> going back, I'm going to make a case one more time for Jessica Mendoza. You look at what she can do. You talk about making an impact for uh, Lisa Leslie. She made it in sports and she made it in the community. But look at Jessica Mendoza. She, I mean, some people play softball to this day because of her. USA softball, big there, sort of like your hockey connection there. But it doesn't stop there. You look at someone that just got into baseball, that's watching Sunday Night Baseball over that four-year span that she was on there. They're like, wow, she's on TV. I want to do that. So she made, opened up eyes for uh, being a role model there as well. And now she's also doing it in the front office and business side as well. So she's done it in three different stops of being someone to look up for. And that's, that's, that's where I'm going to leave it with Jessica Mendoza. I still don't think it compares to the amount of the, 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 the path that was paved for women's basketball with Lisa Leslie. And, and like, I mean, I honestly, and this is one of the reasons why I picked Lisa Leslie. I don't know if you guys remember her being on all that. I, I, I can't yeah, remember this that things. she was on, but I do remember just something specific about Lisa Leslie being on all that. And I was like, that's, that's awesome. Like at that time period, again, you talk about a time period where women's sports and women's athletics are not that big. Lisa Leslie being on TV shows, being on, I obviously with, with, with Mendoza being on TV now, she's growing the game. But back then, there was no growing the game. You didn't have women on TV that often promoting the, their athletic abilities. And Lisa Leslie was on was everywhere. She was she was in pop culture everywhere at that time, which was unheard of for for at least a WNBA player. I mean, I back back in the day, I, I remember like people not giving the WNBA any credit at all. But you gave credit to Lisa Leslie. I'll be honest. You came in here. You came in here. Well, that last thing. You came in here with uh, with Colgate being an upset potential right here, four to one, being a lower seed. And I believe you actually, unlike the basketball team, showed up in the second half and beat me. The the way that you spoke about Lisa Leslie, I'm shocked that she's your four seed. I mean, and I'm sorry, like this this wasn't close to me. It's absolutely Lisa Leslie. And I, I and I've seen what Jessica Mendoza does. I do love her when she comes on ESPN and is talking World Series and stuff. She's very a very great listen, but it, she doesn't hold a candle. No offense to Lisa Leslie, what she's done for all women in in so many different levels. I mean, the accolades just keep going. She's not only a part of the Women's Hall of Fame; she's a part of the Naismith basketball hall of fame that's all basketball all time she's a part of that hall of fame she owns the los angeles sparks she's a model she's an actress she's an analyst for the orlando magic she she is one of the people 
that when you think about women's basketball, it started there. And she's still a huge part of that community. And for me, I, I mean, I understand your Hillary Knight argument, but she would have at least been my second. Because Lisa Leslie is just so impactful. Honestly, and if you had Hillary Knight at three, you might have won. Instead no. of saying Cohen all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that was a tough look. Oh the, oh, the toughest of looks. But but Dylan, you and I split this. It is two to yeah. two. And we mm-hmm. Take a look back at the bracket here. I mean, it was it was a nail-biter back-to-back here. At least we had some yeah. competition where AJ just ran away with it on the other side, except for the <laughs> except for the embarrassment of a one-versus-four seed on the other side where there wasn't even a shot of Serena Williams losing. <laughs> he only needs one to like go all the way. That's yeah. the worst part about being on the side of the bracket. I, I can make some arguments, but he only needs one. He really I- did. I'm really hoping that I can keep the Cinderella story of Lisa Leslie at the four seed going uh, in, in the next <laughs> one here. Okay. And it's, yeah. we're hoping to see it. So uh, Dylan, you had, I, I can't, I, I'm sorry. I don't think I can, after pronoun- not pronouncing Linda Co Cone. I almost did it again. <laughs> I, after not pronouncing that right. And then Kim. Inge. Inge. Oof. Oh, the toughest of looks. That 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 that's a that's a matchup where of just not being able to pronounce last names. Gotta have that it, international it, matchup. Yeah. Now <laughs> Kim Inge versus Lisa Leslie. Then we have Susan Waldman against Billie Jean King. I mean, I think it's going to be tough in that one too, man. I think it's going to be really tough. And mm, on the other yeah. on the other side, it's uh Mia Hamm. Uh, it's it's uh, an AJ an all AJ matchup there. Mia Hamm versus Pat Summit. And then you got Ronda Rousey against Serena Williams. <laughs> you know, hey, but that's okay. That's a good. That's a good matchup to have. You know, it is. I'm okay with that one. I do. Gus Gus dropped some in here that were really good. Cheryl Miller for sure. Like I honestly would have loved to put her on here. Doris Burke, I had, and I I had to go away for personal reasons. I do love Doris Burke. If we ever did an NIT, she'd win that, if you ask me. But Dylan, can you can you also educate me here? I also, when I think of women's softball, I think of Jenny Finch. I, I Finch, yeah, I pronounced it right. I I, I did. I okay, <laughs> Jenny Finch. That's who I think of when I think of women's softball. Is that why did you pick Mendoza over Finch? Mendoza's versatility and plus with her background coming up and everything I mean just the whole versatility there the ESPN the the broadcasting and then also being in a front office role I mean she's done it everything and that's where I was trying to hit home with the viewers got it got it okay 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 you had a reason. You had a reason. Well, the Elite Eight is set, and now it is up to you, the fans, to vote. Be all over our social media page. You're going to see polls on polls on polls leading up to next Fun and Games Friday, uh, where we will discuss the results and, of course, have more fun and games. But it has been another great episode of the Rough Cut Sportscast. AJ, do you have any final words before we send it off? Yeah, uh, we are trying to get to a thousand before the end of the bracket. Let's make that happen. Sorry. (laughs) Actually, I prefer us doing that noise rather than right. I actually think it's a little less annoying than the actual sound. (laughs) But make sure to get on our Facebook page. Invite your friends. Don't just share the page. Invite your friends to like the page. If we get to a thousand, and Vinny, we probably need to put something on Facebook about this. If we get to a thousand before the end of the NCAA tournament, we are going big. We are going to get you some signed memorabilia to one lucky winner, which means another contest, which means more fun and games Friday. So check it out. 
do it. Like it. Like it. Your support, your support is what drives us. We can't do this show without. I'm about to say, I was about to put some disrespect on this. We can't do this show without guys like Gus Ramsey. Okay. (laughs) Guys like Gus Ramsey, he's a big deal. Like he's a very big deal in all three of our lives. It's like, (laughs) we can't do it without guys like Gus Ramsey. We can't do it without guys like Bailey. We can't do it without guys like Isaac and everyone else who has tuned into the show tonight. We can't do it without you. So please support us. And Gus, if you want to head over to our Facebook page, I don't even think you've liked the page, first of all. Oof. Second of all. It's okay. We won't brag about it. You can do it, <laughs> Gus. It's good. We won't be all on the page like Gus likes us. What about your show? You know who likes us, Gus? Rishi likes us. Rishi's liked Ooh. us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Rishi doesn't come in the show. That is also true. That, that <laughs> Actions is also- are louder than likes, I guess. You know? that, that is true. But e- either way, though, like AJ said, head on over to our page. Invite all of your friends to join in and uh, join in on the fun that we're having here at the Rough Cut Sportscast. It's six star content, baby. Six star. Hey, that's that's RCOD, Rough Cut or Die. How do you guys see this? Is this six or is this six? Yes. Well, they're both either six, one. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. It just kind of looks like one. Count them, count them, Vinny. I know, I know you might be a little slow here, but count them. You got, you got to count them up and then that's six. It doesn't I'm matter what hand it is. It's six. I'm not very smart. Gus, we need more math classes at Full Sail, please. We please, no. <laughs> Dylan, you have fine. We're past it. Yeah, we, yeah. Are, we are past it. Hey, I don't know, man. Hey, AJ, you still have a little bit more before graduation. They could add that thing in and. <laughs> well, who this man? <laughs> who this man? Inside of trash. If you really want to see something trashy, look at this. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> exactly where I was going. Oh. I was wondering where it was going to go. <laughs> exactly where I was going. Well done, sir. Well done, sir. Okay, buddy. Dylan, do you have any last words to make me feel better? I don't. We head into the countdown. Thanks. Are we doing countdown tonight? You want to do countdown tonight? Yeah, we're we're buck thirty into this. I got we're buck thirty uh, into this. It's ten. <laughs> we started late. We went late. Yeah, uh, you know. yeah. Fun and games Friday was very fun. Yeah, it was. I feel like we should make the make the wonderful viewers want more. Tell you what, like our show. We'll do a longer fun and games Friday yeah. countdown next week. If you hey, if you like our show more, maybe we'll be more uh, inept to do uh, bonus content. We get to 700 by next Fun and Games Friday before the mock draft. Oh no! If we get to 800 by that time, by the rate that we're at right now, buddy, we're we are climbing that ladder, baby. So next week, if we have 800, you'll see me naked. No, no, not gonna happen. We're not gonna see that. Wait, 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 wait. wait. How about about this? this? If we hit next, if we hit 800 next Friday, you won't see me naked. I'll keep my 800. Let's do it. 800. Yay. Okay. On that note, guys, please, like AJ said, invite your friends, tell your friends, have them all like it, and drop those reviews as well on all podcasting platforms, guys. We really appreciate it. We're going to be dropping more under review segments to uh, discuss those great reviews that you guys are leaving us. But that's it. I'm sad too. I'm going to do this.
Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.